I can hear you. There you go. I'm so sorry I'm late, man. <laughs> and um, one of the reasons I'm late will will fit right into part of this interview because it, it has to do with the tour and the bands and just so much coordination that we're doing. Not, hey, not a problem. Like I said, I missed I missed the Tuesday one because other stuff. So I <laughs> I can't judge. <laughs> uh, that's cool. Um, you got to take your daughter to swim. Is that right? Actually, it was canceled. So I have more time. All right. Perfect. Then, I'm good. Then I, I won't have to rush this. So. <laughs> yes, let's rock. All right. So uh, my I, can, audio. Can you hear me? I can hear you good. I can see you good. Um, everything's fine. Behind me is actually the uh, one of behind the scenes shot of the making of the Together Apart music video. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I don't know if you saw that video, but it's our big single and um, it's uh, it's gotten a lot of views on our YouTube channel, uh, Makes My Blood Dance. And okay. The video's called Together Apart. And it really features a lot of what we're about, which is this kind of um, disco metal. It's very dance and movement oriented. A lot of our music videos are, are you know, have that vibe. And this one's incredible. That girl I'm dancing with, that's Allie Stevens. And she starred in the video, but also choreographed it. And it's really, really something to watch her. I got to go watch that. I have it on my, I have it on my notes. So I'm like, I'm making notes here. So I oh, definitely would... check it out. And anyone listening to this, like check it out together apart by makes my blood dance on, on YouTube. Okay. Yeah. Cause the way I'll do this, it's always pre-recorded. I'll bring in the audio. Um, so nothing's video. You don't have to worry about that, but, uh, I'll send a picture, and if you got anything you may add to it, I can I can do that as well. Cool. So, all right. So, he's way it works. Conversation like we're gonna do. Uh, listen to music. Pretty much all it is to it. Yeah. Ready to roll? Yeah. Let's do it. All right, everybody. This is the Georgia Songbirds, and we're here with Evan from the band Makes My Blood Dance. Introduce yourself, Evan. Jesse, thank you for having me. I thought we already started when you started. So I was like plugging the band. I was plugging the video. Uh we, we did. We officially, I usually don't erase that part anyway. So we officially, I just wanted to get everybody's name out there. So it, it was started. So they, they heard it. Me saying sorry that I was a half hour late to the interview. Uh, all that, that good stuff. <laughs> well, guys, if you don't know what happened is because we had it for Tuesday and then my wife is military. So she's gone for about two weeks. She's in her annual training. And so I have all the kids. I have twins of 13. I got a custody of my 16 year old niece. Apparently there's stuff. I don't realize what's going on and it happened again today. I was like, that's why I said we had to kind of push it to this time. I've been here. Like you see, we're late. I haven't been here that long. So it didn't, it didn't really bother me, but it, I've gotten all these things. They tell me the day of like, Hey, we need to go do this and we need to go do that. And I'm like, Whoa, <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> I've got like five different people to talk to today. Well, I don't mind that because that's like real life. And a lot of what you see on social media and with celebrities, everything just looks so perfect, you know, and that's not really reality. So you talking about your schedule and kids and, and, and racing around and try to get things done. I mean, that's like real people and real life. It's really everybody. Yeah. And, and you said you're like, you're a rocker. And then I said, I was watching uh, some of your stuff and looking it up and then you're talking about like rock and then like your kids. It's funny because you don't think about like rockers having families and kids, but they do. Everybody does. Yeah. You know, and a lot of people use that as an excuse that like, you know, oh, my life's over. I mean, and it is hard work, no doubt about it, but I don't know. We just transcend all obstacles and the show must go on, man. Right. I was the show um... must go on. You know, makes my blood dance. We we tour, you know, 
we, we went crazy and toured like constantly, but we re we redid our system. Mm -hmm. And instead of doing 200 shows a year and just taking everything that's thrown at us, now we do about 60 shows a year that are really well attended. And that's because we just put a ton of time into the networking and the promotion and, and it's just so much better to play to a, a you know, a full club. You don't, it, it's very demoralizing to the band. You get that dopamine hit at first, like, oh my God, we got all these shows. And then you show up and, and you have some that really aren't well promoted or it's not together. And it, it sucks. It saps your energy. Yep. So we're doing it, the, you know, the right way now. And part of our value add is that I talk to hundreds of local and regional acts that support these shows all over the United States. And we teach them our method and we, you know, I, I help them, you know, make contacts with different people that they need for recording or merchandise or booking more shows or anything that bands want or need. And um, it's a tremendous amount of work that we're doing now, but at the same time, it, it's it's really injecting us into our fan base and and the local scene in every city we play. And, uh, you know, we give away a ton of free tickets to the shows, to bands that like are interested, but then all of a sudden it doesn't work out. They can't, they can't make it, or there's a band member that can't make it. So we really, really developed an incredible network and the tour circuit that's it's doing really well. See, I can, I, let's talk about that for me. Cause I can appreciate that. I mean, I, I, I do this for songwriters, but I have a band, I write music and I play too. So the fact that you do that for other bands is First of all, it's cool. Thank you for doing anything that you do, because I know people, when they get involved, sometimes they feel like they, it, it's all, it comes about, it can be about them and they kind of miss the picture of helping other artists and songwriters and bands, because it's not, you're not losing your spot. You're not losing people. You're actually making, like you said, a network. So kind of uh, explain how, what you do, how you do it. If somebody wants to get in touch with you, stuff like that, how can, how does that work? So I tell this to a lot of bands who want more shows and they're always saying like, oh, I'd like to hop on a show or, you know, is there a space on this show? And at the end of the day, you know, when you hop on a show, you you don't bring any value and you actually hurt your brand. Right. If you it doesn't matter if you're an amazing band, if you play to nobody, no one's going to come back. And the 10 people who are there are not going to come back mm -hmm. if you play like shit and a room is packed, the person is going to be like, hey, man, let us know when you're playing next. This is crazy. We'll be here. You know, we love it. And so you have to really create the, an event. And to create an event, you have to offer value. You know, why do people want to come to your shows? So we book all the shows. Then we use social media to talk to hundreds of bands on the local scene. And then we we ask these bands what they need and where they're at. And, and some of the things that we offer these bands are, first of all, tools to pack out the shows. We send them QR codes that are programmed so they can put them on the wallpaper of their phones. You tell someone about your band, you say, hey, scan this. And that's it. Now the tickets, the ticket link is on there. And then you're on the, the other person's phone. And it makes it easier. We also send out hard copy tickets. We put the band's logo on all the posters. We print them. We mail them all out. Um, we'll send them like really cool graphics and show posters with effects for their for their Instagram with optimized hashtags and link back communities. So when you post these things, it looks and feels like a big event and you're going to get a lot more like integrated visibility, but very guerrilla marketing. Right. It's not buying ads. It's it's putting in real people and linking them to the shows.
So those are some of the tools. Then we we take your single and we put it on our Spotify playlist to our record label, Alpha Centauri Records. And we put marketing dollars on that playlist. So all the bands that support us get more listens to their song. Uh, then we do other stuff that local promoters can't do because we're on the road touring all the time. So we print up about 1,500 mixtape download cards every single tour. And every band that's supporting us is on that mixtape. And we hand that out to 1,500 people face-to-face who love to come to shows. We're putting your music in the hands of 1,500 people who love to come to shows. That's that's real valuable marketing for bands that want to fill clubs. You know, when you buy ads on social media or you jack up your numbers, those are not going to translate to ticket sales. Right. And even if you do get followers, every time you make a post, how many of those followers see the post? A fraction. A fraction of them show up in the feed. It's a very flawed system. So the the we've tried to make embrace technology, but also to really embrace real people who come to shows. And that is what they like to do. And, um, you know, we're a touring band and that's what a lot of bands value. Uh, we also we also do are like an introduction staple. We try to help these bands every single John, my partner, John, who, who's on lead guitar and helps me with everything. Him and I are like a you know total machine. We run all the tours. We run the record label. We host virtual calls with the entire lineup of each show in every city we play. We're, we're on phone calls and virtual calls almost every night of the week with all these bands. And we're sharing contacts, how to book more shows, what market you need to get into. You need merchandise. You need to make videos. You need pins. You need stickers. And we, we need mixing. You need mastering. We just share information and, and hang out with these bands for hours at a time every night. So Same. we're not only hanging out with our fans and the other bands at the shows. We're doing it virtually all the time, every day, every single day. So there's just so much work to go into it. And, you know, a lot of times when I try to teach this to other bands, they see the value in it and they're like, yeah, this is awesome. But not everybody wants to do it, man. Not everybody wants to make the time for this. This is, this is a lot of work. Yep. And I'm sitting there listening to you now. I'm forgetting this a podcast about like, well, oh, I want to talk to you. I got to get my band. Cause that's one thing I'll be honest. I, I, it's not that I can't do social media stuff. It's that it's, it's such the QR stuff is weird to me. Like my son had to tell me how to do the QR. My band is called yes, man. It stands for middle-aged men. We're all kind of older guys. And it's just, we, that stuff is a little bit, not that we can't learn it, but it's just kind of not what we're used to. So well, here's the other thing, Jesse, I appreciate your band because we, te- we book seven bands a night. Everybody plays 25 minutes, including us. We set up and share and provide the entire back line. So it's fast and furious. Mm-hmm. We have all the bands roadie for each other. So it's like a true network of like fight club underground. We give a shit about each other. Right. And on purpose, I book it festival style. So I book older bands. I'll book younger bands. I'll book reggae, rap, hardcore, metal, pop punk. Because we believe by integrating the fan bases and the genres like that and keeping the set short, you get more people to the club and they stay longer. So there is no like, hey, you're older. There's no space for you. There's space for you on our shows. Okay. I want you there and I want your fans there. And we're also going to get the young ones there. You know, when I go see Ozzy fill in the arenas, I tell this to a lot of young bands who think like, oh, I'm in the punk scene. I'm in the metal scene. Like that's it. Ozzy gets everybody. He gets grandfathers down to (laughs) grandchildren, everybody in between 
He gets everybody. You want to get big? You got to get everybody. If you want to stay DIY and stay in your own little scene, I am fine with that. Just don't make me the enemy. Right. Don't be hating on me. <laughs> I, I I just have a different vision. That's it, man. No, I mean, I'm sitting there listening to you, brother. And the, the passion that's coming out of you just talking about this is cool. And I just wish, and I've got a lot of bands. I hope they're listening to this podcast that I know here. Cause I, I mean, I do the same thing with songwriters and I do band interviews. And like, when they come here, I'll let them play live. Cause that's how I set it up here is they'll, as bands and we'll play their songs and even songwriters uh, here on zoom. We got to do it through, you know, Spotify and stuff. But I know a lot of bands that are, are really good. And it's just, they're not doing the right things. And the fact that, man, you honestly, you sound smart as hell to me. So I'm like, I'm going to listen to you. I think you should do a class and do a book. And <laughs> I mean, maybe I will. Cause John and I are building like the ground workings for a really functional label that understands, like, I think like then and now, you know, br bridging the gap between, you know, face to face live shows and, and really embracing like an underground scene, but at the same time, embracing technology and what you said about not knowing QR codes or not knowing social media. Like I talk about this on the virtual calls and then we followed up with an email. I'll give you all the links. This is how to generate the codes. This is what to do. Here's where to get it. But you got to do the work. Right. You still got to do it. I'm just going to like present all the doors and make it a little easier because, you know, when we started, we didn't know shit. Mm -hmm. there, was, there was, you know, you don't know who to trust. Everybody's, hey, pay for this, pay for this, pay for this. So you have to kind of pay for everything. And then. And I tell bands that a lot when they, they ask me about different ideas, like, hey, should I do cassette tapes? Should I do vinyl? Should I do a uh, playlisting? And you know what I say? In marketing, it, marketing is like weapons. Fire every weapon you have. Mm -hmm. When you get a hit, you double down on that. When it's not working, you cut that away. Now, right. you can't afford to do everything, right? right. So you got to do what makes sense for you. Printing vinyl, for example, is very expensive. Yes. And it's also expensive to sell it. You're going to have to have a fan base that wants to drop 25, 30 bucks on your vinyl. Mm -hmm. So I tell bands, build up to that. You know, use the QR codes, the playlist, the digital platforms. Come up with cool little ways, you know, stickers, pins. Keep it cheap, but give it, give away a lot. Be a giver. Like, get that out there. Yeah. You know, you, you spend a ton of money on vinyl, you'll be sitting on it unless you're real, real big and, and it's happening. So I'm not against vinyl. I love it. We're probably going to get in that game soon, too. But that's the way I counsel people, you know, on what to do and, and but do a lot of things. Yeah. Same thing with the songs. Let's talk about that, for example. A lot of bands think, hey, we're, we're going to release our whole album. And I said, OK, that's not how I would do it. Uh, again, it's my opinion. Don't make me the enemy. But when you dump your whole album, it'll be hot for two weeks and then it's old news. Mm -hmm. I, I believe in releasing one single at a time with artwork and a video and push that for like months. They're like, oh, is two weeks enough time? I said, no, it's not. You know, we pushed our last single uh, together apart with that video. That's been out for 11 months now or 10 months. It's got 17,000 views on, on YouTube. And I think that that's nothing. That video is killer and needs more time and more eyes on it. Yeah. And you know, you can... and, and 17,000 is not nothing. That's kind of, it's kind of a good, good start, but you know, two weeks is not going to cut it. You got it. You got to invest in it. And this is the other thing I tell them. If you got a song that's hitting, that the numbers are really hitting, then do an acoustic version. Get a DJ to remix it. Reinvest in that song. 
just, you know, and if it's not hitting, this is the same thing with the marketing thing. Well, then, okay, maybe now we'll go to the next single. I'm going to let you talk because I talk too much. <laughs> Can you tell I'm the singer? Oh, I'm... <laughs> Hey, this is what I like because not normally when I do interviews and I gotta and I do I do my stuff, I drag it out, I ask questions. I like a guest who comes on and is passionate about what they're doing and can talk like it's a first date and I'm just listening. Brother, I, okay, I'm just sitting here munching all my water and salad and I'm I'm listening to you plan out your life and I have no problem with that. I have no problem with that. Because you you mentioned a couple things. When I, when I do these, I like doing interviews that inspire me and you're inspiring me for, for different parts of stuff that I never thought of. One is the single stuff. I know people do singles. That's kind of how everybody does it. They should do it. That's kind of the, the tension span, but I, I, you're right about, you got to push it for more than two weeks and it get it does get lost in the feeds and it does get lost in the, the idea, I guess that some songwriters and artists has is like, they don't want to push too much. I'm like, well, in sales, because I, I did sales for the longest time, and in sales, you always go till you hear the no. So if you're pushing and they, they don't want to hear anymore, they'll tell you. That's but right. if, if you don't do it, then you you know you missed an opportunity. And I know they think that the it's now you got to have it now. You got to do this. Got to got this single, this single, this video, and all that gets expensive. I get it. That I understand that. And but when you're sitting there telling me like the remix stuff, I never thought about that because that's. That's a cool way to do it. Like I do most acoustics, I think, like Southern rock. So acoustic would be pretty cool. What I like is the fact that like a DJ, I never thought about that, you know, just putting in a DJ and having like a little dance mix to it. And it wouldn't work yeah, on every so song. Cool. But some you're, 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 you're widening your network right there. Yeah. You're going to tie in whoever did that and their fan base and everybody benefits. And, you know, at the end of the day, the other reason I, 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 I book the shows festival style is because everybody likes everything. You yeah. ask people all the time, if it's good and there's passion, you like it. And by the way, if you don't like it, everybody plays 25 minute sets at our shows. So you're not going to get bummed out. We're not going to beat you over the head for an hour and a half with, you know, long sets, but let's talk about the, the music releasing again, because I, I do want to say something here. Cause I, I know that someone's listening to this saying like, Oh no, no, no. We like albums. Every single artist on the planet i think most of them i'm probably gonna get in trouble because i was getting trouble every single artist on the planet wants to put out a full album and have their fan base listen through to the entire vision and the full album and have the album experience on vinyl headphones incense hanging out and like living it like like pink floyd like just listen and be with the music but let me tell you something you have to work up to that that does not happen out of the gate. Nobody has the attention span for that. So that's where the singles come in. And then, yes, you do release the album after you've generated that, you know, and you've redone that the songs in multiple genres and multiple ways and toured and this and that. And then, yes, you release your album. But to dump the album and then rush on to the next bit of material, I don't think that's effective. Again, that's my opinion. Yeah, think think about how they used to do it. Like in you know the 90s, 2000s, when they would release an album, because what they would do is they would release a single off of that album and push that single, but and then they release the album at the same time. And then you would have like maybe three to four other songs that they would push later. And like every three months, you'd get a new song from that album. And you're still pushing it and it's selling more and more. 
they don't really do that much anymore. But if you think about that album, those three or four songs that they pushed are the best songs from the album. And the rest of it is B-side stuff that they probably don't even know. Now it's kind of digital. So the single stuff is more upfront. People go to Spotify. Like, I'm, I, I'll be honest. I don't really listen to a lot of albums all the way through. There's only like maybe a handful that I do. And that's ever growing up like a Lenny Kravitz circus uh, circus album. I listen to that one all the time. I love that album. That's a great, I that's, that oh, I love that album. That, yeah. that, that's, that's my favorite Lenny Kravitz. And that's um, an album. You know, that's a real album. You know, man, like I, I like I'm going to go back to what I said. We all want that. Both the listener and the, the creators mm-hmm. want to sit with an album, but you've got to earn it. You've got to work up to it, you know, be, by 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 winning people over a little at a time. You, you talked about first date, you know, a first date. There's a lot of talking going on. It, it's not you're not, you know Usually. what I'm saying? <laughs> you you, you got to work up to that. All right. You got to work up to that. You know, you're not going to have the house, the family, the mortgage, you know, the, the kiss on the mouth every morning. I mean, that doesn't, you work up to that. That's the full Monty. You work up to the full Monty. Yeah. My, uh, it's funny. My wife, um, like I said, she's military. She, I've been married to her for 14 years now. And we met through uh, MySpace. It was, that's how we originally met because my, she worked for the sheriff's office and my sister worked there doing HR and both of us were kind of going through divorces at the time we got separated. And so she, she saw a picture of me and my sister kind of hooked us up. So we started talking on MySpace initially to tell you how long ago it was. And I didn't know anything about online dating. I mean, this, I just got through a, a, mar- a previous marriage. I, I got a girl pregnant at 19. I got married. I did the, the stuff I was supposed to do. So I was, I've been out of the dating scene for 10 years. What did I know about dating? Right. So it changed. It was all online stuff. And so I'm sitting there and I'm like, I'm talking to my mom. She was alive. I was like, how do I do this? She goes, well, the key is just don't say a lot, not online. You wait for till you're on that actual, like you said, the first date. And then you talk. And I remember sitting there doing that and it was so awkward to me. And it was just, it's funny looking back on it now that I would do like one word answer, two word answers. And then when we get into the actual conversation and then it goes into what you need to do as a, not only as a songwriter or an artist, but you need to listen to the conversation actually listen if you're paying attention you you know if you're not listening if you're staring off in the world or you're staring at her ass whatever it is you're not paying (laughs) attention you're going to miss out on details and that goes with anything in life it's you got to pay attention to the details yeah well i love that you made it so personal and talk about dating which is also a huge part of you know people come together everybody wants to be loved and and feel that feeling of connection either with music or meeting other people or new people and i try to tell people i talk to a lot of these bands who you know get very nervous about either talking to people uh selling tickets talking to new fans um and I try to remind them a couple things. Number one, if you're in entertainment, if you can be okay with people not liking you, you will be unstoppable. The other side of this is if it bothers you, and a lot of us suffer from this, a lot of artists, because we just want you to tell us that we're good enough. We want you to tell us that you love us, right? But if you can't take the heat, you're going to get crushed because the bigger you get, the hate also comes. And we've experienced it too. And I just, 
you know, I just keep on plowing and, uh, you know, I don't have time for that, but I do try to pump them up and tell them and tell all of you that you are good enough, you know, and, 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 and we listen to the music and we, we go on the socials and we look at these bands. I like Instagram a lot because you could see the band's vibe and their energy, not only listen to the music blindly, but I could see what I'm going to get and walk into at the club. And I, I keep telling you, I'm about that. You know, I'm, I'm face to face. We're going to be interacting and I don't care what genre you are, but I could feel your energy. And if you care, I think it's real important. You know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of fear. We all want to be loved. And, you know, at the end of the day, I don't care how successful somebody is or how much they know about a certain topic. We were all babies at one point and you didn't know shit. So calm down. All right. You're all good enough. Right. And even if you're not a baby and you're a grown man or a grown woman, you still don't know as much as you think you do. It's you always can learn. And I'll, I'll expand on a little bit of that. What you said is I'm at that point. I'm, I'm an older man. I really don't care. I, I think if somebody gives me shit or they're trolling as I, you know, people do then to me, I mean, I made it because I'm, I'm obviously <laughs> doing something that they're jealous of. So I must be doing something right. Yeah. So I, I mean, we, we get it. We get our share of it, man. I mean, I, sometimes I ask bands if they want you want to play with us and they just come back with like this, like heated, loaded anger. And I understand why, because there's so many schemes out there and pay to play and this and that. And we're not that. Right. But and, and if you want to play a show with us, I actually make it a requirement. You got to get on the phone with us. We need to talk through it. I'm not just going to send you an email and treat you and say, hey, sell some tickets for this show and go fuck yourself. Like, that's not how we sell merch. That's not how we deal with our fans. And that's not the partners that I want to play with on these shows. I want you to care and let's chat. And I always start off the conversation and say, what's going on with the band? You're recording, you're touring around, tell me what's up. And th that gives me an idea if you're activated, if you care. And it gives me an opportunity to help you. Because now I understand like, okay, yeah, we finished our record. We're recording in our home studio. And I say, great, who's mixing it? Who's mastering it? You know, uh, Makes My Blood Dance did two uh, self-recorded EPs during the pandemic. We learned how to use the software. We did it all virtually. Our drummer, Alan, is in Brazil. He did the drums in another country. And we pinged it back and forth until we had a great record, two great records. And then we got Dave Ogilvie, who's a big fan of this band, has been working with us for a while. He heard us from our early demos. Dave is a former member of Skinny Puppy. He's worked with Nine Inch Nails, Rob Zombie, Tool. He's a big name. And he mixed our records uh, and 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 I always recommend that to artists where it, even if you home recorded, I mean, you can get someone a fresh set of ears and a and a, a maybe a bigger name and bring it to life and pull it up to this level. Um, then we had Glenn Schlick uh, Studios master our record. They did Fozzie. I don't know if you know that band Fozzie. Oh, yeah. I'm a big Chris Jericho. Fan. I'm a big wrestling fan. I know Fozzie. Yeah. I mean, and I got that guy to master it. Now, again. I feel like that's all exciting stuff, right? It gives it gives you more to talk about, more of a story, more of a community. You pull all these people in, you know? Um, and this is the type of things that I tell the, these bands, you know, when we're talking about, you know, recording and releasing records and, and how I help them and see where they're at. Mm -hmm. Well, let's talk about your band, uh, Makes makes My Blood Dance. Tell about the kind of how you got started, some of your, you know, struggles early on. Uh, I got to ask why, why the name makes my blood dance. I always like, I like names. It's funny. I was having a conversation with my daughter earlier and I'm like, cause I had a, I had a, a video the other day or I had a podcast with this band called the dead flowers and they took it from a Rolling Stone song and the Rolling Stones took it from muddy water. And I'm like, okay. So if I was to pick a, cause she loves queen, that's her favorite band in the world. So we were trying to figure out what her band name would be. And we came up with fat bottom girls as the band. Like that'd be a pretty cool rock name. 
So tell so, about your story and how, you know, the, how the make my blood dance came about and just kind of how you got started. Uh, makes my blood dance for the beginning is, is myself and John Christian. He's uh, the lead guitar player. He's my main man. He's, he's my, 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 one of my best friends. We talk four or five times a day. Uh, we've been working together for the last five years. Um, I was in another project, like a disco punk. It was just me and a DJ. Like I was singing and he, he was triggering beats. It was called Rainmakers. And um, we were together. We were working on stuff, albums for a long time, but it wasn't it wasn't really clicking on the road. We weren't able to get out there as much as I wanted to. And I I was going through a, a struggle with addiction at the time also. And I I've actually I'm sober now for for over seven years. And that's that's a big part of my story. And um, right around this period when I was struggling, um, you know, they tell you if you want different results, you got to do things differently. So I started, you know, looking on the Internet for different guys to jam with. And I met John. He was looking for a singer. And I went in and work and, and sang uh, with his band. And he was he's really technical metal. He's, you know, a really metal guy. And it was very saturated, very technical, very long, 13, 14 minute songs. And I'm like a musical theater pop guy. You know, I like hard and heavy rock, but I'm, I'm so melodic and theatrical. And um, I, we didn't really click musically at all. I just couldn't get my head around his music. I tried to just be versatile, but I really liked him. And we were friends and he wouldn't leave me alone. He kept coming to my shows. He kept showing up. He said, yay, come and jam again. And eventually I caved in and I said, you know what, dude? I said, I really like this guy. We were hanging out. I said, send me a song. And he sent me this like 13 minute song and I just cut it up. I said, okay, this is the verse. We move some things around. I said, can you chill out here and give me room to sing? Just tone it down, but I like the underbed. And then that was the first song we ever wrote, which is called Power of the Light Side. And it was, it's a great song. We, uh, we, we did a music video for it, Metal Injection, uh, premiered that, that video. It's got 30 something thousand uh, views on YouTube. You should check it out. It's um, and actually, there's there's a recovery element in that song. It it shows it shows that's kind of the theme of the song. And I also put in like some body combat classes, like kind of empowering, like you know, physical exercise and and just making yourself better kind of thing. Anyway, once we figured out we could write that song, we we figured out that how to do it. We we wrote like five more songs, and we wind up retooling the band and getting different players. We've shuffled a lot of different players and, and um, you know, right now our lineup is pretty, pretty solid. It's uh Philly Aluna on bass. She's great. She's a great energy and she's a total star. Um, and then we've got Alan Zapparoli on, uh, on, on drums, but he's in, he's in Brazil now. He had to go back because of the pandemic. So we've had sort of a rolling cast of touring drummers that have come on the road with us this past year or so. But uh, Alan's on the records. He's the studio guy, and he's he's in the video. You'll see him performing on Together Apart. Okay. Um, that's a little bit of the story. You know, there's a lot. I just keep talking. Uh, the name makes my blood dance. I, I I read poetry sometimes to get inspired, and um, Chris Poindexter is one of my favorite poets. You can look him up on Instagram, and he he puts all of his poetry. It's really interesting. He types it like on a typewriter. And then he takes a photograph of the typewriter and then he posts that image. So it's got this kind of cool texture to how he presents his words. And I just love him. I love his, his work and how he writes. He writes a lot about love and his love for his girlfriend. And he's, uh, 
just profound and amazing. And one of his poems, it wasn't even the title or anything. It was like a line in there. It said like, when I look at her, it makes my blood dance or something like that. Like the feeling of being in love, that, that, that like feeling of romance where you're just, you, you light up, you have this connection with someone, you look in their eyes and words don't even need to be said. And I just thought, damn, that's me. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm just such a bleeding heart romantic. And that's all I want. You know, you know, it's, it's difficult because you find that and it doesn't mean you can necessarily have it, you know, at the time because, because of life. Right. Right. Um, but uh, the feeling's still there and the genuineness of that connection is still there. And I, I actually wanted to test it too. So I, I brought that name to the band, but I put it on a list of a bunch of other names, like 14 other names. Cause we were trying to name the band and I tucked it in there. It makes my blood dance, but there were other ones and everybody picked that name. Everybody. And, and most importantly, John picked it. Um, and uh, you know, we are just on the same page uh, and um, I really love working with him and uh, I love working with Philia and, um, and I do love working with Alan. So we got a good team. Do you remember uh, some of the other names for the band? I don't remember. That's a great question. <laughs> oh God. Uh, let me see if I could pull it up if it's anywhere. Um, see, I can't remember the ones for my band because we had the same thing. Like trying, to, I love. See, that's what I love about bands is they're so their names are so funny and their stories. And I'm like, I, I can't remember any other name besides the one we got. We we landed on yes, ma'am. It stands for middle aged men. It fit for us. We're in the south. We do southern rock. I was like, it just fits. So I was like, okay, what I like your it? name a lot. That's cool. It's got a nice little um, like uh, meter to it. Middle-aged man, you know, it's like a, thuck, 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 you know, I like it. it. It works. Um, I can't find it. And I don't really remember the other band names. I, I do remember that I didn't just put like crappy names. Like I, when I, when I give people options, I try to make sure that I, it's like a casino. Like I win no matter what. So I, I, I tried to pick like all names that I could live with that I love, that I liked, but I really liked makes my blood dance. And um, I just think it's great. It works for us, you know? It's a mouthful, but I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's listen to one of your guys' songs. I'm gonna I'm gonna share the screen so we can pull up your uh, Spotify here, and you to see share. And what I'll do is I'll mute us after we pick the song. Well, can you put play the video if you're gonna share screen? Go to uh, yeah, I can do that. Go to YouTube and play uh, together apart the music video. Yeah, I can do that. Give me one second. I have to open it on the side, and then I should be able to share it. And as I edit all some of this stuff down anyway. So while I'm doing that, while I'm looking for it, tell me the story the behind the song itself. Oh, God. I always struggle with relationships. I'm always thinking too much. And Together Apart is straight up about, you know, me and relationships where, you know, you you know you go with someone, right? Like lightning, like lightning and thunder, right? They go together, but they don't necessarily happen at the same time, Right. That, that could mean that you're in a relationship where it, it doesn't necessarily, it's not the easiest thing. It doesn't, it doesn't perfectly click. We're like enemies and best friends. That's part of the lyrics. <laughs> it's a little bit like that. It's like me It's right there. It's the first one, 17,000 views okay. 10 months ago. Yep. I got it there. So all right, what I'll do, like I said, is I'm going to mute us. Um, and then just give me a thumbs up when you hear it. Together apart, Too fast. We're 
That is such a kick-ass song. Oh, I appreciate that. I couldn't hear it or see it at all, but I'm sure you look like you did. You were bobbing along. Oh, yeah. You couldn't hear it, really? It wouldn't let me do full screen, I guess, because it's Zoom and YouTube. That's all right. I, I've heard it enough. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That was, you know, I missed it's funny sitting there looking at you now, talking to you, but we'll see you there, like the rocker and the and all the makeup and the like the Billy Idol almost kind of look. It's it's yeah. so funny to see the difference, but Man, that was such a kick-ass song, and the video was really, really good. I missed the days of good music videos. I produced and directed that with John, that whole thing. Um, and Ali was the choreographer, and um, it was a it was a big project. Um, yeah, and we have uh, two more videos lined up to release this year, but they're both lyric videos, so it's a little bit different. They're really cool, though. I found this guy in the U.K., who did some great work for us and they're really graphically fun and uh, great songs, but having a full blown video like that with dancers and a set and everything, it is such a trip, but it's a lot of work. <laughs> um, and I, I planned that we did, we did all the dance rehearsals and the choreography virtually because it was during the pandemic and we did virtual dance rehearsals with the dancers and, and me and it was, I mean, made it work. Yeah, and you said you did all the direction and the producing and all that stuff too. That had to save you a lot of money. Uh, sort of. I mean, it was a lot of help. I had incredible hair and makeup people there. Um, I had Rob Fitzgerald who worked with Hip Video Promo there shooting it, and he had some creative ideas. Um, yeah, we we had a bunch of people. You know, there was a, a room full of creatives. Uh, but I put the whole thing together. I found the set. I put together all those people um the concept i did all the um the wardrobe selection um i cast all the girls um ali did all the choreography uh, yeah it was it was it was a huge team effort but yes we produced that okay and do you try to do videos for uh, all your songs or just like some of the bigger ones that you try to release i really do like to do them for all the songs but it's a question of budget i mean mm -hmm. you know that together apart video costs about twelve thousand dollars to make it and that's before you even spend on any of the marketing and putting it out there and so you know to do that for every song you know uh, it adds up quick gotta win the lottery <laughs> but we do we do we do have a lot of videos out i think we've you know we've got at least four really you know main ones uh beaming right up is a great video similar vibe sick as our secrets Another big song. That song has over two hundred fifty thousand spins on Spotify. It got, you know, got some love on YouTube. The video for that, um, "Power the Light Side." I mentioned that one, and then "Together Apart." I mean, those are four real big ones. We got some lyric videos coming out okay. too. And are you guys out of New York? Is that where you're out of? Is that where we're based out of New York? Yeah, our studios in Bushwick, Brooklyn, but you know, we tour all over the whole country. As I was about to ask about the tour, so you mentioned a tour. Where where some of your stops? Where are you going? Uh, what do you got planned? So the next tour, is the disco metal tour, it starts April 11th on Long Island and it goes down to Baltimore and then it heads uh, east uh, into Ohio. There's five shows. It, it hits St. Louis, kind of like a mid-Atlantic uh, northeast tour. There's 14 shows on that run. Okay. Um, the next tour after that's in August. That one starts in New York and it goes down to Tampa, Florida, uh, whole east coast. And then... And then usually we do a run between Thanksgiving and Christmas, kind of at the end of the year. Uh, we will be in Los Angeles in June for three weeks, recording with uh, producer Michael Blue. 
Uh, he's a big fan of the band and he's done some big names as well. He did the the band One Republic, um, Colby Calais, uh, Macy Gray. Um, yeah, he's got a big resume and he, he, we've been doing some pre-production with him virtually to get ready for that uh, that big recording session. That's our next our next record. That's really cool. So I assume you get to do this uh, full time. Well, this is the other hack that I tell all the bands <laughs> that I work with. Mm-hmm. The secret is to get a remote job. John and I have remote jobs, so we're working all day from the tour bus and then we put the Batman outfit on and, and play at night. So we don't take vacations, but even, you know, even once you start making money or when you get signed, there's no real money to, and, and everything costs a ton of money to produce all this. So you got to keep working and the secret and the, the, the blessing of today's world is that you get a remote job, you can do it. But if you're tied down to home and you can't do that, you're, you're eventually going to hit a wall. Yeah. Because you don't go from local regional band to like flying in a Learjet on a tour bus and everything's taken care of. There's a lot of in between. That's the secret. So we have remote jobs. It's it's funny you say that because a lot of people when they they hear like oh it happens overnight no it not it doesn't it happens it may feel like it at the time and once it hits it goes fast but you're not looking at the the years before that it took to get there where you're playing the empty stadiums and the empty bars and you're just getting people to shit on you left and right to where you get and then with those same people like once you officially look at their that make it then the people that shit on you want to be nicer to you and they want to yeah. go along with you. It's, it's funny how that works. Yeah. We're living the dream, man. You know, we're, 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 we're doing our best not to play empty clubs. Um, and we're, we're, we, 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 we lived in a van and we slept on the floor. That's not us anymore. Now we're in a mini tour bus and we're, you know, we're, we're doing it at a different level. And, um, and I've been trying to, you know, I'm not trying, I'm doing it, expanding our network, teaching our method and uh, just, trying to enjoy life. And, you know, I've got bad days. I overthink, I go nuts. I, I get, you know, these tours take four months to plan. You know, of course I'd rather be writing music and be in a studio and do it all the time, but it, this four months of planning and being on the phone and talking and, and preparing and, you know, between these tours, we only do three, three, four a year. Now, do you get to take out, we mentioned earlier about, we have kids. So do you get to take your kids with you? Do they go and watch daddy get on makeup and start putting on stage and dancing around? They they are super beautiful and supportive and they have, the, you know, they don't come on the road with me now, but they've seen me perform and uh, they're they're doing their own things. And, and you know, doing it the way we do, actually, with the four months off and the, and, the, and a two week, three week tour, it does allow me to be, you know, a really good dad. And I'm around for them and I'm in their lives. And uh, and I love that also. And that that's balance. And um you know, anyone who says you can't have it all, like that's that's not balanced. That's either or. I think that the wealthy of the world, they don't choose. They say, I'll take both. Mm-hmm. And um, wealth is not just in money. It's and it's in it's in a mentality. And, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of people demonize money, by the way, you know, and, and, and that's not right either. In my opinion, money is energy. It, it flows through us and it, and it comes to you when you can facilitate others and, and it flows through you. Um, and that's how I look at, look at that. Yep. See, I had a, I have a vision. Um, one of the things like we talked about, like helping more and more, I've got a vision of here in, in North Georgia, there's a lot of talented songwriters like there is all over the world. But when you think of music city, you think of Nashville, right? 
So I'm thinking like, I want to do an actual, I got to get investors and get like an actual area. I can make an actual music city. So when you walk in, think of like an old eighties mall, right? So you walk in and there's like a little stage, people performing on that. And each <laughs> shop that's in this mall is music related. There's people that sell merch of just local independent artists, bands, nobody big, just like the, the independent artist. You have like maybe a shop for guitar makers that build guitars, right? They're renting out all these shops and they're building it there. You can buy your own. There's of course coffee shops and stuff and everything, everything there is music related. So the coffee shops have singer songwriter nights or somebody playing inside. And each one, as you, as you progress through this mall or the city, then you come to the end. And when you come outside, it's like a big um, stadium, kind of an outdoor stadium, kind of think like Red Rock or something like that. And that's where the big bands perform. And that's where the ticketed out uh, venue is. And so you had to buy tickets to, to perform on it or to, to listen to it. And that's where, that's that's my vision of like a music city. I've thought about this stuff. I've got like, you could put like music producers, you could put publishers, whatever music related stuff would be in there. That's all it is. Wow. I mean, that, that painted a picture. Um, you mentioned Red Rocks. Oh, my God. What a magical place. That is definitely a dream of mine and on my bucket list. It's happening. Makes my blood dance. We'll headline Red Rocks at some point. I have got to get us there. That is a phenomenal experience. Just, just a gorgeous spiritual musical experience. Well, you kind of Actually, touch- you know, I talk about festival stuff. <laughs> I saw Dead Mouse there. Did <laughs> you? Cascade. You know, which are total electronic artists, like very different from what we do. But you know, that's, that's my point. You know, like every, I like everything, and we integrate all sorts of different genres together in in our vibe in our shows. So, um, and that's the kind of festivals that we set up. You mentioned because I always like a twenty question kind of game at the end. But you mentioned bucket list. That's always one of the questions. So, what are some other things on your bucket list? I like to go to Portugal. You know, I like to visit uh, certain places I haven't seen. I like to tour Europe. Okay. Uh, not only the United States, I'd like to tour Brazil, uh, where Alan's from. I would like to, uh, a lot of it has to do with just seeing the world and and then traveling to different places. And, and but I, I always feel like I want to do it with my band. I don't really like being a tourist that much. I like to like see all these things and then and then be a part of it. You know what I mean? To really be activated yeah. in the environment. Uh, I guess I just got that kind of energy, you know. That's, that's cool. I mean, I, I like that idea. There is a place, and I got to remember the name of it. I got to find it because uh, it's come up before. And I think it's here. It's either North Georgia or like right there in Tennessee. There's a cavern. All right. And it's a venue where artists play. You go inside this cavern, like whatever, 100 feet down in the ground, wherever it's at, and you play. And I don't even know if it's, if they allow you to bring in like electrical, like all acoustic stuff, but because of where you're at, it's such a reverb and such a sound that to me is such a cool place and a cool idea. I got to find the name of that though. Yeah. Um, those type of places are important because I want to spread that around. Yep. If all the places you played, um, what is like something like stick out to you or like that you just remember having the most fun at, maybe they had the best dressing room or whatever. That's a cool question. I mean, when you were talking about the places we played and I was talking about touring the world, you know, I have toured the United States a lot. Mm-hmm. I've seen so many different parts of this beautiful country. I love all of it. Uh, you know, I had I had an incredible uh, 
experience in New Orleans, you know, but also Lafayette, like a, a small college town in Louisiana up north there. Uh, we've had amazing shows in San Antonio, Texas, San Marcos, uh, Florida, Tampa, um, I, you know, and it's not always necessarily like the size of the stage or this or, you know, I've played dive bars in New Paltz, New York that have been packed to the hilt and my band has been on the floor and it's just like insane <laughs> energy and incredible. So, but all those little moments stick out to me. Um, I've had incredible moments just being on the road with my band. One of my favorite uh, times, which is so like kind of sick, um, is when we actually pull away from the venue and we're in the, and we're, we usually drive at night. So we're driving the, you know, the, the vehicle away from the venue. And I just had this, you're, you're kind of high on adrenaline, right? You know, and I just look over at John and Philly and I'm just like, oh my God, we did it. You know what I mean? It's just like, even though it's like, it's over, it's like, I'm driving away and I just like, I feel like we did it. You know, there's no casualties, <laughs> success, you know, but it, it's such a weird, quiet time. It's dark. There's like no one on the road. It's, it's almost like sacred. The sacred moment, like driving away after the show. Yeah, because you're still after pumped. The There's, you're still pumped. You're talking about it. You know, we do a good three hours. Then we find some RV park that's, you know, we love or even a truck stop. I mean, they treat you pretty well. Um, they're pretty clean. You shower, all that, all that stuff, all the tricks of the road. Mm -hmm. You got to tell these young bands like how to live and stay alive. Yep. I, I remember taking RV. So just, uh, I would make sure that nobody uses the damn bathroom. So I don't want to have to tell We never run. use the bathrooms. That's so funny. We never use the bathroom on the RV because we don't want to maintain it and deal with it and smell it and all that shit. Mm -hmm. So, and you know, there's so many stops. You've got to stop anyway and get out, stretch your legs. It's not, there's so much infrastructure in this country and the whole RV community is amazing. The truckers and RVs, they have so much and you don't know they exist. They exist like behind the scenes off the road. And there's these gorgeous RV parks. Oh, here's a great memory. We did a tour and uh, we stopped at this RV park. I think it was in Missouri. And we were driving all night and I wake up and I get, I open the door of the bus and I get out and it's just like, I'm like, where are we? And it's just green, this beautiful wilderness, like just foresty Alice in Wonderland type of place. And every 20 yards, there's like another RV. It's not that dense. Um, there was nobody even out and it was this beautiful, like crystal clear river, like floating, like next to the RV park. And we all swam in it. And it was just so like in nature and invigorating in the middle of a, a long tour. And you just, it just brought me back to life. It stayed with me. I loved it. Oh God. Was that beautiful? It sounds like so much fun. That sounds oh, like a amazing. lot of fun. Amazing. Well, let's listen to another one of your guests song. Which one are you hear next? Uh, let's listen to Power of the Light Side. Pull that video up. It's a great video. Are you into the video? Uh, it's a great okay. song. Let me see if I can. That means if I can share the screen with you this time for it. Let me X out of that. I think what happened is because when I went, I tried to do full screen, it would not let me. So what I'm going to do is now that that's up, I will share the screen. You should be able to see it now. Can you see it now? Um, I could see your share screen. It says Georgia Songbirds. Okay. Yeah. Then you're right on the YouTube because I just opened up YouTube. And you said, well, I passed right there. Power of the light side, right? Yeah. Go to that second one, 32,000 views right there. Yep. Okay. That's it. So tell me a story behind this one. 
I think this was right when I was getting sober and it's a, it's like a recovery video. It's about, you know, the power of the light side, man. You know, like, I guess we were referencing Star Wars, right? The, the Jedi, the, the dark side and, and the light side. We're like, let's, you know, this is the part that saves your life. This is the part that, that puts you in a position to be to, of service to others. Okay. This is, this is God consciousness. You know, this is the, the language that John and I share uh, beyond just the logistics of being in a band. It's our spiritual connection. And, and um, I think I've said enough. Let's watch the video. Okay. I'm going to mute us. Uh, give me a thumbs up if you hear it. Cause I'm, I'm not going to hear anything but the video. So hopefully you can hear it and see it.
Did you hear that time? Yeah, I could hear it and see it. Okay. Yeah, that pull up part. I'm gonna fix the audio part when the, the stupid Behringer thing went out on me. <laughs> but I, I'll I'll add the song actual song so that that'd be fine when it goes in there. I was, so I thought of something else during that song. That song has such significance because it's the first song John and I wrote together. It also brought Philia to us as well. So she wasn't in the band in like the first year or two of the band, but we lost our bass player right before that video. And she was one of the dancers that had auditioned for the video and yeah. to be in it. Cause I was, I again, produced and directed all these videos. So I just, she was another person that I really clicked with like John, like we were, we were, I just liked her vibe and she liked our vibe and we were friendly. I said, Hey, you know, we need a bass player to stand in for this, for this video, it's going to look weird. Do you, do you mind if I just, instead of putting you as a dancer, if I put you, she's actually in the whole video dancing and everything. She looks really sexy in it. She's the one in that purple, like bodysuit, the blonde girl, you know, she's in the whole thing. Uh -huh. She's like, yeah, I can play bass. So we strapped <laughs> the bass on her and she never took it off. Now you broke up the first part. You said that's the first song you and John wrote. That's the first one we wrote together. Okay. I thought you, that's what you said, man. I don't know what made me think of it. I was sitting there watching it and listening to it. And I just thought of, it, it was so funny. I, it brought me like thinking of Richard Simmons. Yes. I, oh, I love that. Yeah. I, was, I mean, I was doing like a body combat slash yoga class. Mm -hmm. I wanted everybody like that was exactly what I was going for. I mean, I should have Richard Simmons did up even more like hammed it up. We went kind of for like a dark body mm -hmm. combat recovery type of vibe. But um, yes, you're it's, spot on. I mean, that's our vibe. We bring people together and we want to move together. And, and and there's all this movement and sort of dance in it one way or the other. And that's that's our vibe. I know it's too late now, but if you could have got Richard Simmons and put him in like the dark makeup stuff doing it, that would have been hilarious. Yeah, maybe <laughs> I'm going to do that. I'll dress up as him in my next video. Like, come on, come on. Let's feel that burn, ladies. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> pretty good voice <laughs> me and my bassist we like before we were like every halloween we would dress up to scare his neighbor because he lives in the neighborhood i live out in the woods there's that's why i only do audio because the my internet's so bad here like i couldn't do yeah. video even if i wanted to but so we'd always he lived in a subdivision we'd always dress up and try to scare people and uh we dressed up as clowns one year i dressed up as twisty from that american horror story i don't know if you ever watched that uh, and then he dressed up as just a regular clown and he was standing under a spotlight in the yard the whole time holding balloons and just like dancing and laughing people. I mean, adults were scared to come into the yard. They wouldn't even come down. Yeah, clowns are clowns are atrociously scary. Right. So scary. And then so the following year, I said, we should dress like Richard Simmons and come out there and just dressed up in like all the, the high socks. No, he, he ended up moving out of that subdivision. So we, we couldn't do it, but uh, uh, cool. we may do it one year. <laughs> Jesse, listen, I love talking to you, man, but I do have to bounce shortly. Is there sure. anything else you want to like kind of cover on this one? Uh, I mean, yeah. we should maybe do a follow-up in like a year and, you know, like kind of see where we're at. we got a bunch of tours, new record. Absolutely. And you're more than welcome to come on. Like, so we do album reviews. It's different than like a regular. I'm not going to critique it. Basically, you tell me the story. We listen to the song. That's Where how are I you located? Uh, we are in North Georgia right here. Uh, we're about an hour north of Atlanta. And an hour south of Chattanooga, so we're so right. So I, I definitely um, am trying to book us there. I'm looking for a spot in Georgia, actually, for the August tour. So maybe I'll you and I could talk offline, and yeah. you can help 
promote that show and help us uh is something we could do there as well absolutely smith's old bar would would be the perfect place for you guys email it to me sure send it to to, to makes my blood dance at gmail we all see it I anyone gotcha. listening you can contact us that way too so what i'll do um is i'll put one song at the end i'll go ahead and so tell me what song you put at the end of the episode put communion communion okay i'll, I'll add that one that too on our channel I'll add that one in at the very end. So before I let you go, cause I'm gonna go cook dinner too. So, I mean, I, I, again, thank you, Evan, for coming back on. And I, I've had fun, man. We could, we could sit and talk for longer if we had that's time. That's the thing, but... Jesse, we could talk all night long, man. I mean, <laughs> that's why I love these whole virtual calls that I do with all the bands because you, you're my people, you know, I'm your people. Like what, this is what we'd be doing backstage anyway. Mm -hmm. It's talking about this stuff. Same I thing. Gotta have a, I might have a beer in my hand backstage though. <laughs> well, not me, but you can have a beer in your hand. That's all. I got a water now. So my wife, <laughs> my wife says drink water, but brother, tell everybody where they can find you at all your social medias, your, your website. If you whatever. listen this far, you probably already figured out how to find us. But mm -hmm. if you're still listening, I'm Evan. I'm the singer of makes my blood dance. We're a disco metal band out of New York. Check us out at makes my We're on every network you could think of. We love Instagram. Check us out there. YouTube, all our videos, Makes My Blood Dance. And absolutely, on MakesMyBloodDance.com, you could find tickets to all our shows. Uh, right now, we're touring the whole U.S. And we'd love to see you. Come and say hi. Okay. And if band want to reach out to you, they just the same thing on the Gmail that you gave me to make your blood dance. Yeah, Makes My Blood Dance at Gmail. If, if there's a band that wants to talk to us or, or get us through Instagram, so we could see and hear your stuff and we'd love to work with you. And if you check out our tour schedule and you see we're coming through your town, definitely reach out. If you want to hop on the show, let's talk. Absolutely. And if you get to Georgia, we'll be talking for sure. We're, we're going to be in Georgia for sure. I haven't booked that one yet, but I I'm, we're definitely going to be in Virginia, uh, South Carolina and Florida is on the August tour. Um, there, there may be room for a Georgia date though. And I've been really trying to get into Georgia. So, um, Let's talk. Send me that venue. Yeah, I'll send you a couple of venues that might work for you. Jesse, it was great talking to you, man. You too, Evan. I'll see you next time. Uh, till guy, till then, this is Georgia Songbirds, and that was Evan from uh, Makes Your Blood Dance. Thank you, brother. Makes my blood dance. Makes my makes my blood. See, I got the see, whole making your blood dance. Makes yeah, your you make my blood dance. You make my blood dance. Make my blood dance. Thank you, Evan. Thanks, Jesse. Later. Bye.